Chapter five of the Cat of Bubastes, a tale of ancient Egypt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Cat of Bubastes by G. A. Henty. Chapter five in Lower Egypt. I am going on a journey, Ameres said to his son a few days after the return from the farm. I shall take you with me, Chebron, for I am going to view the progress of a fresh canal that is being made on our estate in Goshen. The officer who is superintending it has doubts whether, when the sluices are opened, it will altogether fulfill its purpose, and I fear that some mistake must have been made in the levels. I have already taught you the theory of the work. It is well that you should gain some practical experience in it, for there is no more useful or honorable profession than that of carrying out works by which the floods of the Nile are conveyed to the thirsty soil. Thank you, father, I should like it greatly, Chebron replied in a tone of delight, for he had never been far south of Thebes. And may Amuba go with us? yes i was thinking of taking him the high priest said jethro can also go for i take a retinue with me did i consult my own pleasure i would far rather travel without this state and ceremony but as a functionary of state i must conform to the customs and indeed even in goshen it is as well always to travel in some sort of state the people there are of a different race to ourselves although they have dwelt a long time in the land and conform to its customs still they are notoriously a stubborn and obstinate people and there is more trouble in getting the public works executed there than in any other part of the country i have heard of them father they belong to the same race as the shepherd kings who were such bitter tyrants to egypt how is it that they stayed behind when the shepherds were driven out they are of the same race but they came not with them and formed no part of their conquering armies the shepherds who as you know came from the land lying to the east of the great sea had reigned here for a long time when this people came they were relations of the joseph who as you have read in your history was chief minister of egypt he came here as a slave and was certainly brought from the country whence our oppressors came but they say that he was not of their race but that his forefathers had come into the land from a country lying far to the east but that i know not suffice it he gained the confidence of the king became his minister and ruled wisely as far as the king was concerned though the people have little reason to bless his memory in his days was a terrible famine and they say he foretold its coming and that his gods gave him warning of it so vast granaries were constructed and filled to overflowing and when the famine came and the people were starving the grain was served out but in return the people had to give up their land thus the whole tenure of the land in the country was changed and all became property of the state the people remaining as its tenants upon the land they formerly owned then it was that the state granted large tracts to the temples and others to the military order so that at present all tillers of land pay rent either to the king the temples or the military order thus it is that the army can always be kept up in serviceable order dwelling by its tens of thousands in the cities assigned to it thus it is that the royal treasury is always kept full and the services of the temples maintained the steppe has added to the power and dignity of the nation and has benefited the cultivators themselves by enabling vast works of irrigation to be carried out works that could never have been accomplished had the land been the property of innumerable small holders each with his own petty interests 
but you said father that it has not been for the good of the people nor has it in one respect chebron for it has drawn a wide chasm between the aristocratic classes and the bulk of the people who can never own land and have no stimulus to exertion but they are wholly ignorant father they are peasants and nothing more i think they might be something more chebron under other circumstances however that is not the question we are discussing this joseph brought his family out of the land at the east of the great sea and land was given to them in goshen and they settled there and throve and multiplied greatly partly because of the remembrance of the services joseph had rendered to the state partly because they were a kindred people they were held in favor as long as the shepherd kings ruled over us but when egypt rose and shook off the yoke they had groaned under so long and drove the shepherds and their followers out of the land this people for they had now so grown in numbers as to be in verity a people remained behind and they have been naturally viewed with suspicion by us they are akin to our late oppressors and lying as their land does to the east they could open the door to any fresh army of invasion happily now that our conquests have spread so far and the power of the people eastward of the great sea has been completely broken this reason for distrust has died out but joseph's people are still viewed unfavorably prejudices take long to die out among the masses and the manner in which these people cling together marrying only among themselves and keeping themselves apart from us gives a certain foundation for the dislike which exists personally i think the feeling is unfounded they are industrious and hard-working though they are i own somewhat disposed to resist authority and there is more difficulty in obtaining the quota of men from goshen for the execution of public works than from any other of the provinces of egypt do they differ from us in appearance father considerably chebron they are somewhat fairer than we are their noses are more aquiline and they are physically stronger they do not shave their heads as we do and they generally let the hair on their faces grow for a long time after their settlement i believe that they worshipped their own gods or rather their own god but they have long adopted our religion surely that must be wrong chebron said each nation has its gods and if a people forsake their own gods it is not likely that other gods would care for them as they do for their own people it is a difficult question chebron and one which it is best for you to leave alone at present you will soon enter into the lower grade of the priesthood and although if you do not pass into the upper grades you will never know the greater mysteries you will yet learn enough to enlighten you to some extent chebron was too well trained in the respect due to a parent to ask further questions but he renewed the subject with amuba as they strolled in the garden together afterward i wonder how each nation found out who were the gods who specially cared for them amuba i have no idea amuba who had never given the subject a thought replied you are always asking puzzling questions chebron well but it must have been somehow chebron insisted do you suppose that any one ever saw our gods and if not how do people know that one has the head of a dog and another of a cat or what they are like are some gods stronger than others because all people offer sacrifices to the gods and ask for their help before going to battle some are beaten and some are victorious some win to-day and lose to-morrow is it that these gods are stronger one day than another or that they do not care to help their people sometimes why do they not prevent their temples from being burned and their images from being thrown down it is all very strange 
it is all very strange chebron i was not long ago asking jethro nearly the same question but he could give me no answer why do you not ask your father he is one of the wisest of the egyptians i have asked my father but he will not answer me chebron said thoughtfully i think sometimes that it is because i have asked these questions that he does not wish me to become a high priest i did not mean anything disrespectful to the gods but somehow when i want to know things and he will not answer me i think he looks sadly as if he was sorry at heart that he could not tell me what i want to know have you ever asked your brother necho oh necho is different chebron said with an accent almost of disdain necho gets into passions and threatens me with all sorts of things but i can see he knows no more about it than i do for he has a bewildered look in his face when i ask him these things and once or twice he has put his hands to his ears and fairly run away as if i was saying something altogether profane and impious against the gods on the following day the high priest and his party started for goshen the first portion of the journey was performed by water. The craft was a large one, with a pavilion of carved wood on deck, and two masts with great sails of many colors cunningly worked together. Persons of consequence traveling in this way were generally accompanied by at least two or three musicians playing on harps, trumpets, or pipes, for the Egyptians were passionately fond of music, and no feast was thought complete without a band to discourse soft music while it was going on. The instruments were of the most varied kinds, stringed instruments predominated, and these varied in size from tiny instruments resembling zithers to harps much larger than those used in modern times. In addition to these they had trumpets of many forms, reed instruments, cymbals, and drums, the last named long and narrow in shape. Ameres, however, although not averse to music after the evening meal, was of too practical a character to care for it at other times. He considered that it was too often an excuse for doing nothing and thinking of nothing, and therefore dispensed with it except on state occasions. As they floated down the river he explained to his son the various objects which they passed, told him the manner in which the fishermen in their high boats made of wooden planks bound together by rushes, or in smaller crafts shaped like punts formed entirely of papyrus bound together with bands of the same plant caught the fish, pointed out the entrances to the various canals, and explained the working of the gates which admitted the water, gave him the history of the various temples, towns, and villages, named the many waterfowl basking on the surface of the river, and told him of their habits and how they were captured by the fowlers. He pointed out the great tombs to him, and told him by whom they were built the largest my son are monuments of pride and folly the greatest of the pyramids was built by a king who thought it would immortalize him but so terrible was the labor that its construction inflicted upon the people that it caused him to be execrated and he was never laid in the mausoleum he had built for himself you see our custom of judging kings after their death is not without advantages after a king is dead the people are gathered together and the question is put to them has the dead monarch ruled well if they reply with assenting shouts he is buried in a fitting tomb which he has probably prepared for himself or which his successor raises to him but if the answer is that he has reigned ill the sacred rites in his honor are omitted and the mausoleum he has raised stands empty forever there are few indeed of our kings who have thus merited the execration of their people for as a rule the careful manner in which they are brought up surrounded by youths chosen for their piety and learning and the fact that they like the meanest of their subjects are bound to respect the laws of the land act as sufficient check upon them 
but there is no doubt that the knowledge that after death they must be judged by the people exercises a wholesome restraint even upon the most reckless i long to see the pyramids chebron said are they built of brick or stone for i have been told that their surface is so smooth and shiny that they look as if cut from a single piece they are built of vast blocks of stone each of which employed the labor of many hundreds of men to transport from the quarries where they were cut were they the work of slaves or of the people at large vast numbers of slaves captured in war labored at them the priest replied but numerous as these were they were wholly insufficient for the work and well-nigh half the people of egypt were forced to leave their homes to labor at them so great was the burden and distress that even now the builders of these pyramids are never spoken of save with curses and rightly so for what might not have been done with the same labor usefully employed why the number of the canals in the country might have been doubled and the fertility of the soil vastly increased vast tracts might have been reclaimed from the marshes and shallow lakes and the produce of the land might have been doubled and what splendid temples might have been raised chebron said enthusiastically doubtless my son the priest said quietly after a slight pause but though it is meet and right that the temples of the gods shall be worthy of them still as we hold that the gods love egypt and rejoice in the prosperity of the people i think that they might have preferred so vast an improvement as the works i speak of would have effected in the condition of the people even to the raising of long avenues of sphinxes and gorgeous temples in their own honor yes one would think so chebron said thoughtfully and yet father we are always taught that our highest duty is to pay honor to the gods and that in no way can money be so well spent as in raising fresh temples and adding to the beauty of those that exist our highest duty is assuredly to pay honor to the gods chebron but how that honor can be paid most acceptably is another and deeper question which you are a great deal too young to enter upon it will be time enough for you to do that years hence there do you see that temple standing on the right bank of the river that is where we stop for the night my messenger will have prepared them for our coming and all will be in readiness for us as they approached the temple they saw a number of people gathered on the great stone steps reaching down to the water's edge and strains of music were heard on landing ameres was greeted with the greatest respect by the priests all bowing to the ground while those of inferior order knelt with their faces to the earth and did not raise them until he had passed on as soon as he entered the temple a procession was formed priests bearing sacred vessels and the symbols of the gods walked before him to the altar a band of unseen musicians struck up a processional air priestesses and maidens also carrying offerings and emblems followed ameres he naturally took the principal part in the sacrifice at the altar cutting the throat of the victim and making the offering of the parts specially set aside for the gods after the ceremonies were concluded the procession moved in order as far as the house of the chief priest here all again saluted ameres who entered followed by his son and attendants a banquet was already in readiness to this ameres sat down with the principal priests while chebron was conducted to the apartment prepared for him where food from the high table was served to him amuba and the rest of the suit of the high priest were served in another apartment as soon as chebron had finished he joined amuba let us slip away he said the feasting will go on for hours and then there will be music far on into the night my father will be heartily tired of it all for he loves plain food and thinks that the priests should eat none other 
Still, as it would not be polite for a guest to remark upon the viands set before him, I know that he will go through it all. I have heard him say that it is one of the greatest trials of his position, that whenever he travels people seem to think that a feast must be prepared for him, whereas I know he would rather sit down to a dish of boiled lentils and water than have the richest dishes set before him. Is it going to be like this all the journey? Amuba asked. Oh, no. I know that all the way down the river we shall rest at a temple, for did my father not do so the priests would regard it as a slight. But then we leave the boat and journey in chariots or bullock carts. When we reach Goshen we shall live in a little house which my father has had constructed for him, and where we shall have no more fuss and ceremony than we do at our own farm. Then he will be occupied with the affairs of the estates and in the works of irrigation. And although we shall be with him when he journeys about, as I am to begin to learn the duties of a superintendent, I expect we shall have plenty of time for amusement and sport. They strolled for an hour or two on the bank of the river, for the moon was shining brightly and many boats were passing up and down. The latter drifted with the stream, for the wind was so light that the sails were scarce filled. The former kept close to the bank and were either propelled by long poles or towed by parties of men on the bank. When they returned to the house they listened for a time to the music, and then retired to their rooms. Amuba lay down upon the soft couch made of a layer of bulrushes, covered with a thick woolen cloth, and rested his head on a pillow of bulrushes which Jethro had bound up for him, for neither of the Rebu had learned to adopt the Egyptian fashion of using a stool for a pillow. These stools were long and somewhat curved in the middle to fit the neck. For the common people they were roughly made of wood, smoothed where the head came, but the head-stools of the wealthy were constructed of ebony, cedar, and other scarce woods, beautifully inlaid with ivory. Amuba had made several trials of these head-stools, but had not once succeeded in going to sleep with one under his head, half an hour sufficing to cause such an aching of his neck that he was glad to take to the pillow of rushes to which he was accustomed indeed to sleep upon the stool pillows it was necessary to lie upon the side with an arm so placed as to raise the head to the exact level of the stool and as amuba had been accustomed to throw himself down and sleep on his back or any other position in which he first lay for he was generally thoroughly tired either in hunting or by exercise of arms he found the cramped and fixed position necessary for sleeping with a hard stool absolutely intolerable for a week the journey down the river continued, and then they arrived at Memphis, where they remained for some days. Ameres passed the time in ceremonial visits and in taking part in the sacrifices in the temple. Chebron and Amuba visited all the temples and public buildings, and one day went out to inspect the great pyramids attended by Jethro. "'This surpasses anything I have seen,' Jethro said as they stood at the foot of the great pyramid of Cheops. "'What a wonderful structure, but what a frightful waste of human labor!' "'It is marvelous indeed,' Amuba said. "'What wealth and power a monarch must have had to raise such a colossal pile! "'I thought you said, Chebron, that your kings were bound by laws as well as other people. "'If so, how could this king have exacted such terrible toil and labor from his subjects as this must have cost?' kings should be bound by the laws chebron replied but there are some so powerful and haughty that they tyrannize over the people cheops was one of them my father has been telling me that he ground down the people to build this wonderful tomb for himself but he had his reward for at his funeral he had to be judged by the public voice and the public condemned him as a bad and tyrannous king therefore he was not allowed to be buried in the great tomb that he had built for himself 
i know not where his remains rest but this huge pyramid stands as an eternal monument of the failure of human ambition the greatest and costliest tomb in the world but without an occupant save that Thelienne, one of his queens was buried here in a chamber near that destined for the king the people did well jethro said heartily but they would have done better still had they risen against him and cut off his head directly they understood the labor he was setting them to do on leaving memphis one more day's journey was made by water and the next morning the party started by land ameres rode in a chariot which was similar in form to those used for war except that the sides were much higher forming a sort of deep open box against which those standing in it could rest their bodies amuba and chebron travelled in a wagon drawn by two oxen the rest of the party went on foot at the end of two days they arrived at their destination the house was a small one compared to the great mansion near thebes but it was built on a similar plan a high wall surrounded an enclosure of a quarter of an acre in the centre stood the house with one large apartment for general purposes and small bedchambers opening from it on either side the garden although small was kept with scrupulous care rows of fruit trees afforded a pleasant shade in front of the house there was a small pond bordered with lilies and rushes a nubian slave and his wife kept everything in readiness for the owner whenever he should appear a larger retinue of servants was unnecessary as a cook and barber were among those who travelled in the train of ameres the overseer of the estate was in readiness to receive the high priest i have brought my son with me ameres said when the ceremonial observances and salutations were concluded he is going to commence his studies in irrigation but i shall not have time at present to instruct him i wish him to become proficient in outdoor exercises and beg you to procure men skilled in fishing fowling and hunting so that he can amuse his unoccupied hours with sport at thebes he has but rare opportunities for these matters for excepting in the preserves game has become well-nigh extinct while as for fowling there is none of it to be had in upper egypt while here in the marshes birds abound the superintendent promised that suitable men should be forthcoming one of each caste for in egypt men always followed the occupation of their fathers and each branch of trade was occupied by men forming distinct castes who married only in their own caste working just as their fathers had done before them and did not dream of change or elevation thus the fowler knew nothing about catching fish or the fishermen of fowling both however knew something about hunting for the slaying of the hyenas that carried off the young lambs and kids from the villages and the great river horses which came out and devastated the fields was part of the business of every villager the country where they now were was for the most part well cultivated and watered by the canals which were filled when the nile was high a day's journey to the north lay lake minzale a great shallow lagoon which stretched away to the great sea from which it was separated only by a narrow bank of sand the canals of the nile reached nearly to the edge of this and when the river rose above its usual height and threatened to inundate the country beyond the usual limits and to injure instead of benefiting the cultivators great gates at the end of these canals would be opened and the water find its way into the lagoon there were too connections between some of the lower arms of the nile and the lake so that the water although salt was less so than that of the sea the lake was the abode of innumerable waterfowl of all kinds and swarmed also with fish 
these lakes formed a fringe along the whole of the northern coast of egypt and it was from these and the swampy land near the mouths of the nile that the greater portion of the fowl and fish that formed important items in the food of the egyptians was drawn to the southeast lay another chain of lakes whose water was more salt than that of the sea it was said that in olden times these had been connected by water both with the great sea to the north and the southern sea and even now when the south wind blew strong and the waters of the southern sea were driven up the gulf with force the salt water flowed into lake timsa so called because it swarmed with crocodiles i shall be busy for some days to begin with ameres said to his son on the evening of their arrival and it will therefore be a good opportunity for you to see something of the various branches of sport that are to be enjoyed in this part of egypt the steward will place men at your disposal and you can take with you amuba and jethro he will see that there are slaves to carry provisions and tents for it will be necessary for much of your sport that you rise early and not improbably you may have to sleep close at hand in the morning chebron had an interview with the steward who told him that he had arranged the plan for an expedition you will find little about here my lord he said beyond such game as you would obtain near thebes but a day's journey to the north you will be near the margin of the lake and there you will get sport of all kinds and can at your will fish in its waters snare waterfowl hunt the great river horse in the swamps or chase the hyena in the low bushes on the sand hills i have ordered all to be in readiness and in an hour the slaves with the provisions will be ready to start the hunters of this part of the country will be of little use to you so i have ordered one of my chief men to accompany you he will see that when you arrive you obtain men skilled in the sport and acquainted with the locality and the habits of the wild creatures there my lord your father said you would probably be away for a week and that on your return you would from time to time have a day's hunting in these parts he thought that as your time would be more occupied then it were better that you should make this distant expedition to begin with an hour later some twenty slaves drew up before the house carrying on their heads provisions tents and other necessaries a horse was provided for chebron but he decided that he would walk with amuba there is no advantage in going on a horse he said when you have to move at the pace of footmen and possibly we may find something to shoot on the way the leader of the party upon hearing chebron's decision told him that doubtless when they left the cultivated country which extended but a few miles further north game would be found six dogs accompanied them four of them were powerful animals kept for the chase of the more formidable beasts the hyena or lion for although there were no lions in the flat country they abounded in the broken grounds at the foot of the hills to the south the other two were much more lightly built and were capable of running down a deer dogs were held in high honor in egypt in some parts of the country they were held to be sacred in all they were kept as companions and friends in the house as well as for the purposes of the chase the season was the cold one and the heat was so much less than they were accustomed to at thebes where the hills which enclosed the plain on which the city was built cut off much of the air and seemed to reflect the sun's rays down upon it that the walk was a pleasant one chebron and amuba carrying their bows walked along chatting gaily at the head of the party jethro and rabbah the foreman came next then followed two slaves leading the dogs in leashes ready to be slipped at a moment's notice while the carriers followed in the rear occasionally they passed through scattered villages where the women came to their doors to look at the strangers and where generally offerings of milk and fruit were made to them 
the men were for the most part at work in the fields. "'They are a stout-looking race, stronger and more bony than our own people,' Chebron remarked to the leader of the party. "'They are stubborn to deal with,' he replied. "'They till their ground well and pay their portion of the produce without grumbling, but when any extra labor is asked of them there is sure to be trouble. It is easier to manage a thousand Egyptian peasants than a hundred of these Israelites, and if forced labor is required for the public service it is always necessary to bring down the troops before we can obtain it.' but indeed they are hardly treated fairly and have suffered much they arrived in egypt during the reign of usertuin i and had land allotted to them during the reign of the king and other successors of his dynasty they were held in favor and multiplied greatly but when the theban dynasty succeeded that of memphis the kings finding this foreign people settled here and seeing that they were related by origin to the shepherd tribes who at various times had threatened our country from the east and have even conquered portions of it and occupied it for long periods regarded them with hostility and have treated them rather as prisoners of war than as a portion of the people many burdens have been laid upon them they have had to give far more than their fair share of labor toward the public works the making of bricks and the erection of royal tombs and pyramids it is strange that they do not shave their heads as do our people chebron said but i do not amuba laughed nor jethro it is different with you chebron replied you do not labor and get the dust of the soil in your hair besides you do keep it cut quite short still i think you would be more comfortable if you followed our fashion it is all a matter of habit amuba replied to us when we first came here the sight of all the poorer people going about with their heads shaven was quite repulsive and as for comfort surely one's own hair must be more comfortable than the great wigs that all of the better class wear they keep off the sun chebron said when one is out of doors and are seldom worn in the house and then when one comes in one can wash off the dust i can wash the dust out of my hair amuba said still i do think that these israelites wear their hair inconveniently long and yet the long plates that their women wear down their back are certainly graceful and the women themselves are fair and comely chebron shook his head they may be fair amuba but i should think that they would make very troublesome wives they lack altogether the subdued and submissive look of our women they would i should say have opinions of their own and not be submissive to their lords is that not so raba the women like the men have spirit and fire the foreman answered and have much voice in all domestic matters but i do not know that they have more than with us they can certainly use their tongues for at times when soldiers have been here to take away gangs of men for public works they have had more trouble with them than with the men the latter are sullen but they know that they must submit but the women gather at a little distance and scream curses and abuse at the troops and sometimes even pelt them with stones knowing that the soldiers will not draw weapon upon them although not infrequently it is necessary in order to put a stop to the tumult to haul two or three of their leaders off to prison i thought they were viragos chebron said with a laugh i would rather hunt a lion than have the women of one of these villages set upon me in a few miles cultivation became more rare sand hills took the place of the level fields and only here and there in the hollows were patches of cultivated ground raba now ordered the slave leading the two fleet dogs to keep close up and be in readiness to slip them we may see deer at any time now he said they abound in these sandy deserts which form their shelter and yet are within easy distance of fields where when such vegetation as is here fails them they can go for food a few minutes later a deer started from a clump of bushes the dogs were instantly let slip and started in pursuit 
hurry on a hundred yards and take your position on that mound rabba exclaimed to chebron while at the same time he signaled to the slaves behind to stop the dogs know their duty and you will see they will presently drive the stag within shot chebron called amuba to follow him and ran forward by the time they reached the mound the stag was far away with the dogs laboring in pursuit at present they seemed to have gained but little if at all upon him and all were soon hidden from sight among the sand-hills in spite of the assurance of rabba the lads had doubts whether the dogs would ever drive their quarry back to the spot where they were standing and it was full a quarter of an hour before pursuers and pursued came in sight again the pace had greatly fallen off for one of the dogs was some twenty yards behind the stag the other was out on its flank at about the same distance away and was evidently aiding in turning it toward the spot where the boys were standing we will shoot together chebron said it will come within fifty yards of us they waited until the stag was abreast of them the dog on its flank had now fallen back to the side of his companion as if to leave the stag clear for the arrows of the hunters the lads fired together just as the stag was abreast but it was running faster than they had allowed for and both arrows flew behind it they uttered exclamations of disappointment but before the deer had run twenty yards it gave a sudden leap into the air and fell over jethro had crept up and taken his post behind some bushes to the left of the clump in readiness to shoot should the others miss and his arrow had brought the stag to the ground well done jethro amuba shouted it is so long since i was out hunting that i seem to have lost my skill but it matters not since we have brought him down the dogs stood quiet beside the deer that was struggling on the ground being too well trained to interfere with it jethro ran out and cut its throat the others were soon standing beside it it was of a species smaller than those to which the deer of europe belong with two long straight horns it will make a useful addition to our fare to-night rabba said although perhaps some of the other sorts are better eating do the dogs never pull them down by themselves amuba asked very seldom these two are particularly fleet but i doubt whether they would have caught it these deer can run for a long time and although they will let dogs gain upon them they can leave them if they choose still i have known this couple run down a deer when they could not succeed in driving it within bowshot but they know very well they ought not to do so for of course deer are of no use for food unless the animals are properly killed and the blood allowed to escape several other stags were startled but these all escaped the dogs being too fatigued with their first run to be able to keep up with them the other dogs were therefore unloosed and allowed to range about the country they startled several hyenas some of which they themselves killed others they brought to bay until the lads ran up and dispatched them with their arrows while others which took to flight in sufficient time got safely away for the hyena unless overtaken just at the start can run long and swiftly and tire out heavy dogs such as those the party had with them after walking some fifteen miles the lads stopped suddenly on the brow of a sand-hill in front of them was a wide expanse of water bordered by a band of vegetation long rushes and aquatic plants formed a band by the water's edge while here and there huts with patches of cultivated ground dotted the country we are at the end of our journey rabba said these huts are chiefly inhabited by fowlers and fishermen we will encamp at the foot of this mound it is better for us not to go too near the margin of the water for the air is not salubrious to those unaccustomed to it the best hunting ground lies a few miles to our left for there when the river is high floods come down through a valley which is at all times wet and marshy 
there we may expect to find game of all kinds in abundance. End of chapter 5